I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries. I'm trying to take you through the Bible, and particularly through a subject that people don't know anything about. They don't know anything about spiritual Israel, spiritual circumcision, spiritual daily cross. I've got this... I don't know what you'd call that. It's like a, it's like a, a page from some book with it's written in here. We're talking about spiritual Israel. Let me erase this over here. I was saying something about this. Let me erase it. And what I've done, I've got a kind of a pinwheel. This is all about the sovereignty of God. When you look up sovereignty, sovereignty means all-powerful. God has arranged everything in the Bible and in our lives to be what it is. He said so. He said he's declared, this is Isaiah 46 and 10, I've declared the end of time, the end of time, from the beginning, and everything that's not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I'll do all my pleasure, I'll do everything I want to do. On this pinwheel, you can see all these different things I've been teaching on. A blood baptism was a death. It's death to self. We know that. Baptize does not mean to dip into water or to sprinkle water. Baptize comes from two words, baptizo and bapto. Baptism means to cover. Baptism means to stain with a dye. The original word baptized didn't was not a verb. Not a verb. Now it looks like a verb. When you look it up in McClinic and Strong, look up baptize. You can get McClinic and Strong on the internet. You can just uh, have your search engine look up Cyclopedia, Biblical, Theological, and Ecclesiastical Literature by John McClintock and James Strong. Just look up McClintock and Strong. That'll be enough. It'll give you every one of the volumes. Look up Baptize. It will tell Mr. Strong, who is the man who produced the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, will tell you he's had probably several hundred contributors to make up this McClinic and Strong. Twelve-volume encyclopedia, one of the best sets of encyclopedias ever. They were researched between 1850 and 1885. And he will tell you that baptizo originally was not a verb implying motion. Now, you know what a verb is, don't you? It shows action. You have action verbs. And you have being verbs or helping verbs. 
be is am are was were being been have has had do does did shall will should would may might must can could that's the being verbs all of it's a form of the verb to be it means to exist an action verb is like jump or run or throw that's action it shows action but he says baptize to dip that's not the word baptize it didn't even mean that even mr girdlestone robert baker girdlestone one of the great greek scholars of the last several hundred years says it did not mean to dip with into water or to immerse at all it was a it was it was a infinitive now the way mr strong says it Infinitive. An infinitive by any definition is not a verb. It is a noun. A noun is a person, place, or thing. This is a thing. You say, how can it look like a... uh, How can it look like a verb? Baptize sure looks like one, doesn't it? It looks like it's showing action, doesn't it? Sure it does. It's what it looks like, but it doesn't. It was an infinitive, which is a verbal noun. A verbal noun shows that there's an action coming up on a subject. You say, Jim, you said this before. I'm going to keep on saying it till you can say it in your sleep. There's an action coming up on the subject, and it's standing and dying it. And it, the action is coming from an outer source. That's coming from God. And that's the blood of Christ coming. He's washed us from our sins. The Bible says he's done the washing. Not some preachers dipping you in water. He's washed us from our sins in his own blood. That's in Revelation, the first chapter, verse 5 and 6, Revelation 1. And so the the fluid is coming from an outer source upon the person and staining and dying him. It doesn't matter whether anybody likes or not. That's what it is. Mr. Girdlestone says the same thing, this great scholar. He says it was a household term that had a dual meaning. He said it was a word that women used to stain and dye clothes. What did they do? The the translators of the King James Bible did not know what to do with the word baptize. So what they did, they want to make it easy on everybody and give them an error or give them a lie. So they simply turned this, they anglicized the word A-N-G-L-I-C-S-I-Z-E-D. They anglicized anglicized the word to anglicize means to make it an english word so they simply took this noun that had verbal character and turned it into a verb and you can't do that and every preacher in america's done that they think they well it looks good to me so we're going to dip people in water there's one lord one faith and one 
baptism. It is blood. It is not H2O. H2O has nothing to do with baptize. I should know I've been dipped by my father about five times and another two preachers uh, twice there. So I know it confused me from the time I was a kid. So baptize is something that God does. And it's with blood, not water. So this all shows the sovereign, all power of God. Every one of these. We have to drink the cup. Jesus asked James and John, can you drink the cup that I drink of? He prepares the cup because the cup is the same thing as tribulation, trial. He's the one that puts us through tribulation. What is he doing when he's doing all this? He's getting rid of, we keep talking about an inner and an outer man. He's circumcising us over the years with tribulation and trials. That comes from the hands of evil men. See, when you're going through tribulation and trials, don't complain. God is getting rid of you. That's our problem. We've got one problem. It's called self. That's actually what a demon is, is self. This is all about every one of these subjects here are about increasing and decreasing. God will either increase or decrease. Self has to decrease. And faith must increase. Faith is death to self. So if faith increases, I've got each one of these subjects up here. If you've got faith increasing, I've got dozens of areas that I have to go into that to show you faith increasing. And faith is death to self. Let me put it on the board again. Death to self. That's what faith is. Faith is believing in somebody else other than you believing in yourself. You say, I don't know how to save myself. Well, good. I don't know how to save myself either. But God will save me. I keep going back to the word no. All these preachers I was raised around, they say, if you don't know you're saved, absolutely, positively sure, you'll probably die and go to hell one day. That's a lie. you got two words for no. You have the word gnosko. Let me move this over here. I'm going to need that side of the board because I'm going to leave these things up here. I've been thinking about this a long time. This is all about... This is all about spiritual circumcision. I think I've got it right here. All this is about who is it that circumcises us? The Bible says God will circumcise you over there in Deuteronomy. So this is all about the will of God, about God's sovereign will and everything that's going on. There, you, we have to die. We have to... Self has to die. Death to self. Death to self. To self. Must increase. 
so that Christ in us will increase or faith will increase faith will increase the more the stronger our faith becomes people say well you get enough faith as soon as you're born again well you get enough faith to go to heaven but you don't get enough faith to be strong in this life because you've got two men in you you've got I didn't say this. The Apostle Paul said this. If you don't like this, take it up with him when you get to heaven, if you get there. you got an outer man. He says this in Romans 7. He says, you got an outer man that serves the law of the flesh. Everywhere you've got flesh in the Bible that's seeking self, that has to go. And then you have an inner man, which is the new, the new birth. That's Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's Christ. And that's, we were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. You can't conceive yourself anymore. You could conceive yourself to be born when you first come to the knowledge of Christ. You can't conceive yourself. Your mother and father had to conceive you, and it was a work of God in their womb, in her womb. It wasn't your doing, wasn't your father's doing, or your mother's doing. So when you're born again, you're born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Bible says in James one eighteen, of his own will beget he us. To beget means to birth inside of you, conceive himself in you. Well, there's Christ in you, and there's that serves the law of God, and there is that serves God's law, and the inner and the outer man serves the law of the flesh, and that's death to self. Death to self is the outer man has to die, and it takes two witnesses. That's why you don't want to die to the flesh when you're young. You've got too many hormones. You've got too many physical desires. And God says that has to die. So it might take you till you're 70 or 80 years old for self wants to really give up. And when you get to be 80 and you're a believer, you don't seem to care about the flesh much anymore. I don't. I'm 83. I know I'll be dead probably at the very most in 10 years. I lived to be 93. I don't want to live to be 99 or 100. My mother died at 99. I don't want to be that old. She was completely infirmed when she died. She couldn't get up. She couldn't move. I don't want to live like that. And but, but Jim, are you feeling sorry for yourself? No, I want to go. I want to leave this body and go be with the Lord. So you said a while ago, Jim, faith has to increase. The apostles come to Jesus and say, Lord, increase our faith. Increase faith. Increase our faith. Well. Jesus tells them how their faith has increased. He said, if the servant goes out and works all day long 
and he comes into the house and his master's there, he doesn't feed himself. He goes to his master and feeds him. And then he turns to himself and says, I am an unprofitable servant. That's how your faith is increased. Self has to die from the scene. You realize you're not important. What is is Christ and others and not you. Boy, that takes a long time to get there. Well, I keep telling you, faith is one of the most interesting equations. It's it's like a uh, algebra equation. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hoped for. Now, substance, you could say faith equals substance. Because is has the same meaning as equals. Faith equals substance of things hoped for. Substance is the word. Here's what faith is. Hupo stasis. That's what it is. Hupo means under or sub. Any number of people will tell you it means sub. A submarine means under the marine or under the water. Substasis. Understanding. Substand. A substanding is something that causes a structure to stand is a foundation. So that's another word for Substance, a foundation. So what we build on is the foundation, which is faith. But you've got to remember, there's none that seeketh after God. None seeketh God. There's none righteous, not one. None righteous, this is before you come to truth. None righteous... And Paul is talking about Jew and Gentile in the world when he says that. None righteous. Therefore, if you have faith, faith is the gift of God. God's gift. And that word gift is not a present that's wrapped up with a bow on it. That's not it. The word gift there in Ephesians 2.8 is the word doron, D-O-R-O-N. Doron means a sacrifice. So God has to put the desire in our hearts to sacrifice our bodies, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, reasonable logikos. Logikos is our word logical. It comes from logos, which is the Greek word word. It's our word service, and the logos is the word of God. So, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Substance is understanding. I've said this so many times. Understanding means you are learning. You are a learner. Learner is the word mathetes. 
in the Greek. That's the word disciple. Do you have to learn? Well, yeah. How are you going to obey if you don't learn? And the Bible says you cannot be a disciple without he that beareth not his cross and falleth after me cannot be my disciple. You cannot learn and you have no faith. So where do you get a cross from? You have to be condemned in the first century. You had to be condemned to a cross. Only slaves and criminals could be put on a cross. If you're a Roman citizen, you couldn't die of a cross death. So in order to have a cross, people ask me so many times, what is a daily cross? Well, you have to be condemned to it. Who's going to condemn you? People that you tell the truth to, you witness to. You tell them about predestination. And you say, the Bible says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. That means to be on, that needs to be on this pinwheel. Predestination. Because that is the will of God that we conform to his image. Everything that I put on this pinwheel, everything, has to do with God's will to either bring you, to cause you to increase dying daily or to decrease self in some fashion. Some guy put that up on the, that, he gave me this board thing and it's, I don't know how to put this up here. I'm going to need more space. Let me erase some of this and I'll put it here, up here. This is how things have to work in your life and in mine. And every bit of it's the will of God. It's like so. Wait a minute. It has to be like this. Faith. You start off with little faith. Little faith. And faith has to grow. Yeah, what you they can't see that. They can't see that. It has to be like this. Faith has to grow as you live. And self has to decrease as you live. And that's the way it works with this inner and this outer man. Self is in charge when you first come to the knowledge of Christ and you are a baby believer. People say, there's no such thing as a baby believer. Are you kidding? Look at 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. Paul said, you're babies, you're babes, and you need to be growing, and you're not. You're sitting arguing with each other. And Paul speaks of babes in Christ 
and you have to grow up. He said strong meat belongs to those who are of full age. Full age means grown up. Full age is the word teleos, T-E-L-E-I-O-S. That's the same word as perfect when Jesus said, Be therefore perfect as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Be grown up, be mature. And if you're a baby, you're, you're in need of milk and not strong meat. Strong meat, teleos, means meat that's for mature grown up people that's got teeth in their mouth. You should be grown up, but he said you're not. It says that in Hebrews fifth chapter and Hebrews the sixth chapter. So we're talking about faith. If you don't have faith is understanding that equals disciple, that equals a daily cross. You cannot be following Christ with a daily cross unless you have have understanding. Faith is the substance. Uh, hypostasis, understanding. Understanding learns as a learner or disciple, and that takes a daily cross. You have to have death to self, and God has to cause that to come about in you. When I first started witnessing, I was a young guy in my 20s. I'd go up to somebody and talk to them about the Lord. And I didn't know none of these things. I was just kind of an ignorant young guy. My heart would start pounding. Uh, 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 and I would talk, try to talk fast and over, talk over them. It's not the way to witness. Everybody out there that you see in the world, everybody, every person you see on TV, in a movie, in a sports uh, activity, Everybody is already a vessel of wrath or a vessel of mercy, which God has before prepared to glory or to destruction. Everybody. You're not going out there trying to find goats to turn into sheep. You're looking for God's elect sheep that are lost. All sheep that are lost will come to him. Jesus said, all that the Father giveth me is mine, they'll come to me. And they, they will come. So when you're witnessing, all you got to do is tell somebody truth. That's it. Don't expect a lot. Because many are going to go into the Broadway that leads to destruction. And few, a puny number, are going to find the truth. So most of the people you witness to won't believe anything. Have you noticed that? They will just look at you with a dumb look. That's because they don't belong to God. Does that get depressing? Well, yeah. Does it depress me? Yeah. But I keep going because I know there's some sheep out there. I had a fellow call me from Florida yesterday, and his name was uh, Estrada. I said, I, there was another guy, movie actor named Estrada. He said, yeah, that was Eric Estrada. I said, yeah, I remember him. His name was Estrada can't remember his first name but he's he said i have never seen anyone teach like you in my life i've never seen anybody give all those definitions and say the things you say he says this is such a thrill to me to find these truths he just was so overwhelmed he didn't want to get off the phone i'm going to send him a lot of DVDs, but he just, he loves the truth. Boy, when you find somebody like that, 
that I told him, I said, this is a thrill to me to hear these words from you. He said, I've been watching you several months. And he said, I just can't get over what you're teaching. It's not like any preacher I've ever heard. It's because of the definitions. I don't care what the Baptists teach or the Church of Christ or the Pentecostals. I don't care nothing about their tongues. I have studied that for decade after decade, and there's no such thing as Pentecostal tongues. There's no such thing as faith healing. It's all a 100% lie. What really gets me, I told this fellow yesterday, I said, how can there be faith healing? Every famous faith healer that's been real famous in the last hundred years, every one of them have died of a disease. Now, how can Oral Roberts be have faith healing when he died of a heart attack? He died of cardiac disease. I was telling my just this yesterday I said every time the Bible, I told him I said every time the Bible says thy faith has made thee whole every time the word whole is sozo and it means saved I said there's no such thing as faith healing you know that you're a doctor he said I know that he wanted to kind of reinforce my understanding of what he knew he said I know that I said I said when people die of old age, they die of some disease, either pulmonary disease or cardiac disease. You know that. He said, yes, I know that. Like he wanted to make sure that I knew that he knew it. I just simply was saying, every doctor knows when you die. I use the word natural causes. I said, you die of a disease. And I said, Oral Roberts died of, of a heart, heart disease, of a heart attack. Uh, excuse me. Oral Roberts died of pneumonia. Well, I said, why didn't he call Jesse Duplantis to come in or Benny Hinn to come pray for him and heal him off of his deathbed? I said, Jan Crouch, the purple-haired woman with TBN, died of a heart attack connected with with the stroke. And her husband, who started TBN, he wrestled with with congestive heart failure for the last 10 years of his life. Where do you get all that information, Jim? Off the Internet, they'll tell you how they died. And Kenneth Hagin, who started the positive confession movement here in the world, and said, all you have to do is sit with your mouth and you get it. He died of a heart attack. What do you mean, faith healing? They didn't have to die. Just call Benny Hinn. He'll come pray over them. I've watched on TV how the old Cheyenne uh, cowboy, Clint Walker, he went to one of Benny Hinn's crusades, and Benny Hinn was supposed to heal him, but he didn't, and Clint died anyway. And a lot of those famous people go to him. Uh, the big ex-boxer, uh, retired boxer. Huh? What? Holyfield. Yeah, Vander Holyfield went to a Benny Hinn crusade to heal him. Found out that Holyfield didn't have the sickness that he thought he had, but Benny Hinn took credit for healing him. And Vander Holyfield's going to die of a disease someday if he don't get killed in a car wreck or something. Everybody's going to die of a disease. Welcome to the world. Now, so faith has to have a daily cross. You have to be dying. And how often do you need a cross? Every day. 
Paul said, I died daily. You're either talking about one of these is increasing. Death to self has to increase. Spiritual circumcision has to be a cutting off and a death to all of these sins that we're involved in. Daily cross has to be every day. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Deny Apernaomai. Apernaomai means to contradict. And the Bible says he has to do that daily. And where does that come from? It comes from God. You don't have the strength to do that. Paul said how to perform that which is good. I don't know how. How to perform that which is good I find not. And he said the thing in me. When I do those things that I would not. It's no more I that do it. But sin. The outer man that dwells in me. And he said there's two men in me. In Romans 725 he said there's the man there's the inner man that serves the law of God and the outer man that serves the law of the flesh he serves his sin how are you going to get away from that long as you live in this body this body has to wear out to get away from this outer man you can't do that when you're young, when you're full, when you're vibrant, and you're full of uh, you're full of vim and vigor, and you want that woman or that man or that car or that house or that money or that job. When you want all these things, you have to die to that. I used to, in my sixties, I remember the last car that I wanted. You ever wanted a car? Huh? Now don't lie to me. <laughs> if if it's if it's common to me, it's common to you. I remember the last time I saw a red Jeep, those big long Jeeps it had the back on it, four door and they had the doors off and I thought, Boy, that is really cool. I'd like to have one of them. Did you know I was about sixty five then and I don't want one of those now? Do do more than I can fly. I don't want one. That's the last time I wanted a car. I bought a brand new 87 town car in 1987. It was the prettiest town car I've ever seen. And after about six months, you know what it was? It was a car. That's all it was. After about six months... Well, that's my car out there. It used to be real pretty, but just a car now. That's all it becomes. You cannot fill up the flesh. The Bible says, He that loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance will increase. When goods are increased, they are increased that eat them. The more you get, the more you want. I'm sorry, that's the way it is. You say, how can I get over this want to? This man here has to die takes a lifetime to get rid of him you will a little bit at a time as you grow older you know what a brand new house is after about eight months or nine months it's just it's a house that's all it is it's just a house 
it doesn't mean nothing. You know the greatest thrill I ever got was when I bought my first house. It was a little bitty tiny house, about a thousand square feet. And I said, I can dig a hole in my own yard. I can do whatever I want to. I can scream and shout. And this is the greatest feeling. I thought, I'll never feel this again, and I never have. Never have felt that way since. It was a thrill to have my own place. Me and Mary had the first house that I had ever bought. Now, let me say some of these things to you. This outer man is the fleshly man. Let me show you what the Bible says about that man. Flesh is the word socks. I know how men are. Young men cannot fulfill their sexual desires. There's just no way you can do it. That's why he needs a wife if he can possibly find one. There's no way out of it. How do you know that, Jim? Because I was a young man. Now I'm an old man. You can't get rid of all your flesh. There's just no way. Look over here in Romans. i got to read this. I read this to you a couple weeks ago. Go to Romans, the 8th chapter, or the 7th chapter, actually. We'll start with this 7th chapter. The 7th chapter of Romans, and we'll look at the last verse. The last verse, verse 25. He's just talked about things that I would do, I I don't want to do. That's because he said, I got two men in me. They're wrestling with one another. Then he said, O wretched man that I am, in verse 24. It says in the original text, O wretched man, it is me. It, It didn't use past tense. Some preachers try to get out of this by saying, Oh, that's what he used to be. No, no, no. He says, It is me. Who shall deliver me from the body of me? This is a living death I'm in. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. That's that fleshly man, that outer man that I want to get rid of. You won't get rid of all of it till the day you die. You'll go through tribulation and trials down here. God will have to scourge you. The word mastics is the word scourge. It was a bloody beating. Mastics. That's the word scourge in Hebrews 12. Scourge mastics. It was a. God says, I'm going to beat my children with a mastics. It was a short leather whip that had pieces of glass and bone in it. And it was a bloody whipping. And God says, that's why I'm going to beat my children. I'm going to get rid of that outer man. I'm going to make you give up. You know why you have all these problems of tribulation and trial? I'm going to tell you why you have them. This is not even hard to understand. It's because you want to run with people that don't agree with God. 
You get around the wrong people. They'll beat you. And David said, that's the sword of the Lord delivering me from the wicked, which is thy sword. The sword, in a sense, equates with that little circumcision knife that they'd circumcise a boy with. And that's why I said circumcision there's death to the outer man and it has to increase. Circumcision has to increase in the sense that it's cutting off. You can just say these concentric circles is God's concircumcising you because he's cutting off all desire for self. And if you can get old enough, you'll get to where you don't even want the things that you used to want. That's what Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter says, Now remember thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no more pleasure in the days of my youth. Y'all have heard me say this a hundred times. I do not want to go to the fair. Is that understood? Mary said, let's go to the fair. I say, no. Well, let's just go and look at the exhibits. I'll do that, but I will not go down the fairway. There's no, you cannot pay me $100 an hour to walk down the fairway. No, I will not go. Boy, I wanted to go to the Bear Ferris to bed when I was 15. I'd do anything to go. I don't like it now. It's just a bunch of con men trying to get money off of you. Say, throw this basketball, see how easy it is, and they got a little ball that big, and it'll go right in. Then when they hand one to you, it's this big, and it won't go in. (laughs) That's exactly what they do. I don't know if you know that. (laughs) And they'll go at it, be throwing in over and over. And when it comes your turn, they reach under there and hand you one. There's no way it'll go in. All right. You think I'm joking? I'm not kidding you. That's exactly what they do. And it's to make money. Now, where did I say I was going? Over here. No, I'm not going to Ecclesiastes 12. I'm going back here to Romans, the eighth, the eighth chapter. After he says, I keep saying this. Maybe you didn't get it yet. Whenever something says Romans 8 and 1, Romans 8, and one, forget one and forget eight. That's not in the text. They go straight from chapter seven into straight in chapter eight. All of their books were written in a scroll. They didn't have eight one. They only put that in there for us so we can find what we're looking for. So you, you can't come up and say, uh, that these are not connected. When it goes into Next verse, which is chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore, there is therefore, therefore is a conjunction saying, what I just said, I'm fixing to tell you things that's related to what I just said in chapter 7. There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, the outer man, but after the spirit, the inner man. He's still on the same subject. You get that? Can you see that? For the law of the spirit of the life in Christ Jesus, talking about that inner man, hath made me free from the law of sin, the outer man. But he dies hard. And what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, 
of the outer man, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh for sin, condemned sin in the flesh in the outer man. And then he goes on to say, he goes on to say, for in verse 5, in verse 5, for they that are after the outer man, it's his flesh, but he's still talking about the outer man. They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Is your mind on flesh or is on God? But they that are after the spirit, the things of the of the inner man. He stays right in the context of everything. For to be carnally, sarkikos, S-A-R-K-I-K-O-S. It means fleshly. It comes from the word flesh. To be fleshly or to be following the desires of the outer man. For to be carnally minded, he's still on the same subject. To be fleshly minded is death. Eventually you'll die. And that other man is going to die anyway. But to be spiritually minded like the inner man is life and peace. I never realized when I was young that I could have as much peace as I have today. I'm really a peaceful man. I'm weak. I'm old. I got all these aches and pains. And they're increasing every day. But I got peace in my life. I'm not trying to go out here and find the right job or buy the right car or I don't I just don't care about those things anymore. I buy whatever Mary does not want. If she doesn't want a car that she bought, she's had several of them she didn't want after she bought them. She said, You need to take that. I said, Okay. And I'll take the car you're driving. I said, It's fine with me. Sometimes she will say, Drive that rap so I can it needs some gas and I'll say, Okay. I just, I don't really care what I drive. If I can get there. You know what a car is for for me? You get from point A to point B, that's it. It's not to show off anymore. It used to be. Because the carnal mind, if you're thinking with the outer man, that outer man is enmity against God. It's at war with God. Enmity is the word ekthra, E-C-H-T-H-R-A. Hostile. The outer man, the one that goes after the flesh, that wants the car you want, the house you want, the girl you want, the man you want, it's hostile to God. Well, that's the same word. In James 4 and 4, Know you not that friendship with the world is enmity against God? Whosoever be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Enmity is that word, ekthra. If you're friends with the world to get the things you want, you're at war with God. Boy, that's tough, isn't it? And when you get at war with God, what's he going to do? He's going to pick up some lightning bolts and hit you with them. He's got a bigger he's got a bigger arsenal than you can possibly come up with. And then he goes on to say For it is not subject 
because the carnal mind is at war with God, for it is not subject to the law of God, which is the inner man, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the outer man, flesh, cannot please God. You can never be pleasing to God if you're living for the flesh and not for the Lord. I've lived so much for my flesh in my life. If you're just saying, I gotta have a woman, I gotta have a man, I gotta have this, I gotta have that, I gotta have a car, I gotta have money, I gotta, that's the only thing that'll make me happy, then you're at war with God. But you're not in the flesh, that outer man, but in the spirit, the inner man. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you, the inner man, he doesn't leave the subject of the previous chapter all the way through this. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ as the inner man, you don't belong to God. He's none of his. When the Charismatics and Pentecostals say, Oh, the Holy Holy Spirit is a second gift of grace. No, it's not. This here says you have to have the Spirit in order to be a child of God. The Holy Spirit's truth. And it's written in the hearts of the believers. If Christ be in you. Boy, that matches up with that 25th verse of the previous chapter, doesn't it? Christ in you is this man in the middle of you. And he's the man that doesn't sin. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him. And he cannot sin because he's born of God. Every one of these things is the power of God is in it. Drinking a cup is death to self. To self. Blood baptism is death to self. Faith increasing is death to self. John said, Besides all this, God of diligence, add to your faith. Add to faith. And he names seven things. Or add to your understanding. And he starts off with virtue. Arete. A-R-A-T-E. Which means maturity. How long is it going to take to add virtue and for you to grow up? 40 years? 50 years? Going to take a long time. Don't think I have arrived. I'm listening to Jim. Let me tell you a secret. I haven't arrived yet. I battle this flesh every day. He gives me a hard time. Every once in a while, somebody cut me off in traffic, and I'll go, oh, boy, you know what I want to do. Lord, forgive me for rising up. Just because somebody cuts me off. I know God had him do that to remind me death to self. And then he says, If the Spirit, if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit of life, that's the inner man, because of righteousness. Righteousness is in the inner man. Dikaya usune comes from DK, which is the word right. The only thing that'll make you do right is because you got the inner man. Right is a form of righteous. Righteous D I K A I O S U N E. It's because 
God, Christ is in you that you want to do right, not according to the the flesh wants to leap out, and it don't matter. Have you ever noticed that things that were real important ten years ago are not important now? The anger that you exhibited 15, 20 years ago, it, you're thinking, what was I mad at then? I didn't have any right being that way, and you didn't. Not as a believer. And then he says, If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, that's the inner man, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, quicken, your mortal bodies. He's not just going to quicken you spiritually. Z-O-O-P-O-I-E-O. He's going to make alive the mortal body, the physical body you live in. The word mortal is a word that means in the sense of one who has dying in his future. Let me see here. I've got that word written down. I've forgotten what it is. I'll tell you what it is. Here it is right here. That word mortal is the word thanetos, T-H-N-E-T-O-S. word mortal is T-H-N-E-T-O-S. That word mortal doesn't mean your spiritual body when he comes back to take you out of here. That's not what it's talking about. It means liable to die. The body that's liable to death, the mortal one, the physical one, is liable to death, then that's the one he's going to quicken, the one you're walking around in. But if he quickens, he makes it alive. Quicken means to to come to life after dying. Well, anastasis, with the word resurrection, means to come to life after dying. And we have to die daily. And we have to die in this mortal body to the flesh and give up the things that this flesh wants. And he goes on to say, if we, verse 13, he says in verse 12, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the outer man to live after the flesh. If we live after the outer man, the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify, kill off, necrao. Kill off. We think of necromancy as talking to the dead. Kill off. Necromancy is talking to the dead. Necro is a form of necromancy. It means to kill off. You've got to kill off that outer man. And that's not an invitation. God's saying, wouldn't you like to kill it off? He demands you kill it off. And you will in time. How much time do I have, Mike? I'm not going to get to all these guys on the board because I've got to go. Well, let's finish this. If we live after the outer man, you shall die. But if you, through the Spirit, do kill off the deeds of the body, the outer man, you'll live. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, the inner man, they are the sons of God. You have to be led by the Spirit, which is the truth. John 14, 15, 16, John 15, 26, John 16, 13, 1 John 5 and 6. The Spirit is the truth. John 17, 17, thy word is truth. You've got to be living according to the word of God, this book. I don't hear any preachers talking about that. I've got all these verses written down on how we have to obey God, obey the Spirit, obey the faith. All through the Old Testament, God says you have to be obedient to me. I'll read them to you one day. If you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, who else will see you? H-U-I-O-T-H-E-S-I-A. This is adoption. H-U-I-O-T-H-E-S-I-A. It's that same word in, in Ephesians 1 and 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption, that has to do with predestination. We've been predestinated to be adopted as children. It comes from huios, H-U-I-O-S, and tithemai. It means to place, T-I-T-H-E-M-I. Tithemai means to place sons. And sons being sons, we can't live the way we want. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. We have to live godly and righteously. You say, that sounds awful self-righteous. No, righteous means to be right. Godly means the, means the, means the, it's the word Eusebia. A-U-S-E-B-E-I-A. This is the word godly. I love the way one of the writers put it. He said, it's the resurrection scheme. resurrection scheme of things the only reason your resurrection is you're dying daily S-C-H S-C-H-E-M-E it's the resurrection resurrection anastasis means to come to life after dying that's godly living dying daily do you really know what that means next time you're going to do something you shouldn't do Say, I shouldn't do this. I need to back away. This is what I want to do. This is what my flesh wants to do, but I can't do this. And walk away from it. Do I think anybody here has that problem? I think everybody has that problem. The reason is I'm a man, and there's a little temptation taking you, but this is common to me. I'm a man. And I have admitted, Lord, I'll tell you, have you ever prayed the prayer, Lord, this is a sin that I really like. Would you deliver me from this evil and go against your own desires? You ever prayed that prayer? I pray that often. Lord, let me go against my flesh. That's hard. That's a hard place to come to, isn't it? I'm trying to tell you how preachers should tell the people. You know, if the preacher would tell the people in these churches what temptations they have, then people wouldn't feel so guilty when he told them what they had to repent of, would they? See, the preacher says he's a human just like the rest of us. Well, he is. I don't care how righteous he looks. I don't care what kind of three-piece suit he has on, and he's got a real pretty gold watch fob on. And you look at 
David Jeremiah, and he's tall, and he's got premature gray hair, and he says some of the stupidest things I've ever heard a preacher say. But he looks good, and he sounds real religious. There's things he just does not know. If he doesn't know these things, he's not living them. Or John MacArthur, one of the guys I pick on more than anybody. I don't pick on John because I don't like him. I pick on him because I did like him so much. In the early 80s, I was listening to him all the time, and I got kept listening closer and closer and closer. And he has so much error in his teaching. And I believe he's a Christian. I believe he's a believer. But I believe he just does not want to give up some things that he's been teaching ever since he went to Grace Community Church. Because he's going to embarrass himself because he's been teaching them for 50 years. And he can't say, I've been wrong on Christmas. I've been wrong on baptism. He knows what Christmas is. He says so. He knows it's the feast of Saturn. He knows Mithra's birthday is December the 25th, the chief sun god of Rome. He knows all of this. He knows baptism is not water. He said so. I've heard him say that on radio. If we baptize people the way we should, we'd put them under the water. We wouldn't let them up. That's your words, John. And, and I don't know why he says the things he says. He's he's lived in some of this. I, why does he not see last trump? I've heard so many of these preachers quote Romans, uh, quote First Corinthians fifty one fifty two. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Now they end right there, and they never say at the last trump. Boy, that just goes all over me when they won't say at the last trump. Seven trumpets sound in Revelation 8, 9, and 10. When the seventh one sounds, the mystery of God, the church is finished, it's complete. And Christ has got one foot on the land, the other on the sea, and says, time is no more. There's no more rap. There's no more tribulation after the last trump. There is no more millennium thousand years. It's not in the Bible in the original text. I don't know why they insist. John has never said anything about last Trump. I never heard him. I don't believe he even knows it's there. If he knows it's there, he doesn't want to deal with it. I've been really disappointed in you, John. I don't know if you ever watched me. I hope you watch this. I hope God will teach you. I'm man, John, man, you're the same age. I'm a month older than you. I probably started studying about the same time as you when I was 17. I just don't know why you're saying some of the things you're saying because I believe he's a, I believe he's a godly man to a degree, but he's got a lot of error in his teaching. Why you do that? I don't know. Now, if you'll notice, all these things go together. All of them. Denying self is daily. Denies the word aparneoma. It means to utterly contradict. If you utterly contradict yourself, do you do that one time? No. <laughs> if you confess Christ, confess. Confess means to be of the same word. Of the same, of the 
same word. It means to agree with. Homo Homo means of the same. L-O-G-E-O. Walking down the aisle and confessing Christ is not a one-time deal. You go out in the world and you agree with everything that God said and you start trying to have a daily cross, to drink of a cup meant to undergo a death. And blood baptism was undergoing a death. Faith increasing some of my favorite verses for Second Peter 1 and 5 says, add to your faith. But when it says add, epikoregeo, E-P-I-C-H-O-R-E-G-E-O, that is an imperative mood in the Greek. And if God inspired Peter to write that word, that's God saying, I require that you add to your faith. And he names seven things. Seven. Seven is the number of divine refinement for the church. I want to go over there and look at that, but just look, all these things go together on this pinwheel. The spiritual Sabbath, unbelief must decrease. When you get into the spiritual Sabbath, I need to put worship on here. I heard MacArthur teach on worship for a week on radio and he never defined the word not one time he said if we're going to worship let me give you this these are some notes I've had for years the common word worship has to do with predestination the word is proskuneo P-R-O-S. K-U-N-E-O. Let me put it over here. It has to do with God's sovereignty, being in control of everything. This is the word worship. P-R-O-S-K-U-N-E-O. It comes from pros and kuan, K-U-O-N. Pros means toward. And kuan is the word hound. It's the word hound. And what it has the idea of, the writers will tell you, it means to go before the head dog. Like in wolf packs you'll have an alpha male that's the leader of the pack the rest of the dogs cannot breed unless he says so the rest of the dogs cannot eat unless he gives his permission they can do nothing i've got a picture of a wolf pack on one of my t-shirts and it shows all of these other males coming around to the male and saying, whatever, can I eat or whatever you want me to have? That's what worship is about. Whatever you want me to have, God. You don't ask God for anything, anything. That would go along with the word ask. That would be just like predestination. You're bound to whatever God wants. You're bound to all of these things here. That's worship. It's not what men think. 
I don't know why John never never why he never said anything about that he taught for a week on worship he said we need to worship worship in a holy way and worship a godly way and he's using these English words and he doesn't say nothing John I'm disappointed in you it's like a dog licking his master's hand to fawn or couch before him and prostrate oneself in homage to reverence and to adore him. It means to lick the hand or to flatter him, Lord, whatever you want me to have. It doesn't say, God, give me a car. Let me eat. It just bows to God is what it does. To all of His wills. Spiritual circumcision. You've got an increasing debt to self. You go to those seven things. It increases the spiritual Sabbath. Look over here in, in Hebrews, the third chapter. Do I have any time, Mike? 24. Huh? 24. Okay. Hebrews, the second chapter, uh, the third chapter, excuse me. Hebrews, third chapter. So, Hebrews, third chapter goes along with all these other things. The Sabbath is resting after you give up this outer man. You can rest. But you can't rest completely. Rest has to do with obeying God. Obey God. When you learn all of these things that He's put out before us, when you've learned them, even demon, demonion, distribute fortunes. When you learn to quit distributing fortunes to self, that's all a demon is, is you. When you learn, we're not, I'm not saying don't work hard and don't make plans for your life. I'm not saying that. I'm saying be responsible on your job, work hard, but don't overwork. How do you know that? I overworked in real estate till I got myself in the hospital. I was knocking on the hospital door for years. I'd worked 80, 85, up to 90 hours every week. And I got to thinking one time, that only makes me, when you put all that together after I paid all my advertisement, I was only making about 10 or $12 an hour. I got to thinking, that is stupid. Just because I can work three jobs, it doesn't mean that's what I'm supposed to do. And that's what working 85 and 90 hours a week is doing. It's like working three jobs around the clock. Now, look here in Hebrews 3. Hebrews, the third chapter. All through this third and fourth chapter, he's talking about resting. Kataposis is the word. This is what you do on the Sabbath. You do this. You do kataposis.
Vater passes. That's a word that would be like the labor you do on a Sabbath day equals Sabbath. Sabbath, sabbaton, does not mean seventh. It never does. Sabbaton means rest. And kataposis means to pause down. Kata means down. It means rest. You stop. These people that are Seventh-day workers, they've never looked at Exodus 16, where all the people on the Sabbath in Israel, they had to go to their tent, lay down, and do nothing all day long. That was it. They didn't go listen to some Seventh-day preacher preach. They had to go home. They couldn't light any fires. If you are a Seventh-day person, you drive into a restaurant having some guy break your Sabbath to cook for you. They couldn't carry anything. They couldn't ride a mule, and you're going to get in your car and ride. You couldn't do that. They couldn't do much of anything. They couldn't have any entertainment. If you watch, if you're a Seventh-day worshiper and you and you watch uh, football, college football on Saturday, you're breaking your own Sabbath. You can't have entertainment on your Sabbath. But in this Kataposis, it's mentioned all through here, it's talking about the people of Israel when they were out in the wilderness... They could not enter into the Sabbath, which God called the promised land, because of their unbelief. They couldn't enter into the Sabbath because of A-P-I-S-T-I-S. Pistis is the word faith. The alpha primitive in front of that negates it means no faith. Because they they argued with God about going into into the land of the Anakims, the men of Anak were real tall men, and they said, We cannot go in there and whip them. They're too tall, they're big. And the land of Anak was on the southwest corner of Israel. Here's Israel. And over here is Egypt. And here's the Red Sea right here. And God had conquered the greatest army in the world at that time when he drowned Pharaoh's and his armies in the Red Sea. Then when they go down here to Sinai, and then they come up here to Kadesh Barnea and tells the men 20 years old and upward to spies to go in and spy out the land of Anak, which is the land that we call the land of the it was the land of the Philistines. It's the Palestinians here. And those were giant men. They said, we can't conquer them. God says, just because of your unbelief, unbelief, I'm not going to let you enter into the promised land, which he called the Sabbath. Because they did not, and it was because of their unbelief, they couldn't enter into Katapasis. And when you look at this third chapter, 
He says, they cannot enter into my rest because of their unbelief. He says, he says that in the third chapter, in verse 18, to whom swear he that they could not enter into his rest, into his cataposis, but to them that believe not. When you believe, the way you enter into a Sabbath, you believe everything that God's doing that's all preordained by God in your life. Even the bad things. You say the evil comes from God. You lose something in your life, it's from God. You say, but that was evil men that come up against me. God raised them up against you. They're evil men. They're vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. And he raises them up to whip his people with. And he says in verse 19, So we see they could not enter in because of apistus, no belief that God could conquer the Anakims because he had destroyed the largest army in the world at that time. Pharaoh and his armies. Then he says in chapter 4, Let us therefore fear lest a promise be left us of entering into his cataposis. He equates cataposis with the Sabbath. Any of you should come short of it. And then he says in verse 3, For we which have believed do enter into cataposis, rest. And then he says, As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my cataposis, my rest. And he says in verse 4, For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise and God did cataposis rest the seventh day he equates with the rest with the seventh day the cataposis and in this place again if they shall enter into my cataposis and then he gets down here to verse 8 for if Jesus had given them Cataposis rest, then would he not afterwards have spoken of another day? This next verse is very interesting. There remaineth therefore the rest to the people of God. That word rest is not cataposis, it's the word sabbatismos. He equates the cataposis with sabbatismos, cataposis equals sabbatismos. What you have to do, you've got to believe God can take care of your enemies just like he said, I can take care of those men of Anak. I don't care who your enemies are and how big they are. But you've got to quit running around with them and quit running with the wrong people. What's interesting is the next couple of verses. For he that has entered into God's cataposis has ceased, ceased. He stopped his cataposis, his own works, his own ergon. And how do you quit your own works? In Galatians, the fifth chapter, this is what you got to quit to enter into the spiritual Sabbath. 
And God's going to put you through all kinds of tribulation. We must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. It's with great difficulty we enter the kingdom, according to the first Peter, the fourth chapter. Great difficulty. This tribulation we go through is for our good. And look over here in Galatians. So he that he that has entered into God's rest has ceased from his own ergon. And over here in Galatians, the fifth chapter, the Bible says, the works of the flesh. Oh, we're back to that outer man. The works of the outer man. Let's put it where it is. The works of the flesh or the outer man are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, being just not stable, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in the time past, that they that do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Remember the kingdom of God was Israel? If I were the, if I were the finger of God cast out devils, cast out daemonion. Oh, there's the demons self. If I with the finger of God cast out devils, then the kingdom, if I with the finger of God cast out devils, then the kingdom of God is coming to you. But if you're practicing all these things with the outer man, God says, I won't let that man come into the kingdom. And then he says, but the fruit of the inner man, oh, that's what he says, the fruit of the spirit. The Spirit is the inner man. The fruit of the Spirit is these. This is what the inner man does. Love, agape, walking after the commandments of God. Joy, kara. Paul said, we have, we rejoice, we rejoice, we can't rejoice with iniquity. Kara. J-J-R-A. That's rejoice. It comes the word charis. Y'all know how much there is to this pinwheel? It's everything good and bad, and everything is by the sovereign will of God, the spiritual Sabbath. Your unbelief has to decrease, and you have to, and your belief, your faith, believe and faith are the same word. Believe is the verb, and faith is the noun. And faith has to increase, and he names seven things. I've I've seen how this is all coming together. I have discovered some things in the last few months. The things that go together in spiritual circumcision, that's the cutting off of the filth of the flesh. And the Bible says that is the same way that the, they were saved, eight souls were saved through water, not by water. The water wasn't the baptism. The pitch of the ark was the baptism. Pitch with pitch has the same meaning as baptizo with babto. Pitch was red, came out of either ground or tree, and they pitched the ark so that it wouldn't sink. 
I can't get... I've just been seeing all these things fit together. Increased death to self. Spiritual circumcision will increase death to self. Daily cross will increase death to self. Drinking a cup daily will increase death to self. Blood baptism will increase death to self. At face increases, self will decrease. Spiritual Sabbath is when you increase unbelief and you have to increase death to self. Because unbelief is is living to self. Predestination. I don't know. I can't spell. We're predestined to conform to the likeness of the inner man. We're predestined to conform to Christ's likeness. Well, that's the inner man. Deny self means to utterly contradict self. That that has to increase. Worshiping is it's coming before God and saying, whatever you want me to have. It's all the same. And a demon is self. And he, the demon have self has to decrease. And scourge has to increase in our life so we can have much tribulation. And the scapegoat that was driven into the wilderness is decreasing of self. We found that in the 11th chapter of Luke. All this is just death to your flesh. And you say, gosh, I don't want to give it up. Well, I know most of you are not going to want to because you're young. You've got to just come to the realization, I've got to deal with my flesh every day. This is not something new. I know what it's like. You think I've never been there? I go through that. i got a thin veneer of that right now around my life. But, you know, I believe if the preachers would tell the truth to people about what they wrestle with, we're not supposed to be discussing in detail about our thoughts. I know what men think because I are one. If I am one, I know what you think. When you see a woman scantily clad at the grocery store, I know how you think. But guess what? John MacArthur and Billy Graham knows how you knew how you thought too. They can't get away from that. They know what they have to stay away from. Don't tell me they don't like it when it brush comes across their face because they do. They lie. I'm not saying that gives you a license to go chase it. That's, I'm just telling you that's that outer man that's alive and well in every young man. And that's something you got to fight. And that inner man, when you read the Word, you study truth, you live according to what God wants you to, your life starts changing. And everything gets peaceful after a while. Do I have any time left, Mike? Six. Six minutes. I've got so many things. Just let me go over here to Second Peter. I went through kind of all of these things. They're all death to self. 
They're all in the sovereign will of God. These are for the believers, for his elect family. That's what it's for. He says over here in Second Peter 1 and 5, besides all this, give all diligence, add to your dying. Add to your faith. And that's dying. Add to your daily cross. A daily cross is dying. Add to your drinking the cup. Add to your blood baptism. Add to your spiritual circumcision. Your daily cross, your increasing death to self. Get rid of that scapegoat that's on your back. And he's the outer man. I believe preachers told the people the truth about this, about their own lives and what they've wrestled with. That people would have more appreciation for the preacher because he was identifying with his congregation then. Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. I've done so many things that's wrong. He said, I was a killer of Christians. Well, he said some things to us that we never have said to anybody. He killed Christians by the hundreds. He was a murderer of Christians. He said he was. He said, I slaughtered the church. He wasn't proud of that. He was ashamed. He said, you have to add knowledge. That takes years to do that. You have to add temperance. The incratia means inner strength. That's the inner man. Knowledge has to do with the inner man. Virtue has to do with the inner man. Patience has to do with the inner man. Godliness has to do with the inner man. Add all these things. Brotherly kindness, philosophos. But you can't be you can't be friends with your brother unless he wants to walk in truth because you're to separate from them if they want to live any other way. So if you separate, you're doing God's will with them. And charity. Charity is agape, that's walk in God's commandments. But if they won't walk in God's commandments, they're violating all these others. And if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. He that lacketh these things as a believer is blind and cannot see afar off. He's not saying he can't see, he can't see far. And hath forgotten, this proves he's a believer, he's forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure by adding these things. Sure doesn't mean to be positive. It's the word be by us. Stabilize. You want to stabilize your life? means to stabilize your life by adding all those things to this inner man and it'll get to where as you grow older you can overthrow that outer man that wants to live according to the flesh people say well God forgives you your sin all at once well he does 
but there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins if we sin after we come to the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth a scourge. I know everybody has these same problems. I've had them. Still have some lightweight ones to a degree. But I fight it every day. That's what you need to do. There's so many more things I can say on this. It's This is a reality check on our lives, what we have to do. We have to deal with that outer man. He wants to break God's law continually, doesn't he? Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for truth. I pray for all those that have been watching. The believers that love this message, give them strength to battle the people that are opposing the Word of God and yet calling themselves Christians. Lord, stop them in their tracks. Cause them to see the truth. We'll praise you for everything, give you glory for everything that happens. Strengthen the sheep, Lord. There's people that are out there that say, I want to be strong in the faith. Well, it can't happen all at once. You've got to get rid of that outer man. That takes years, and that's something God does and we don't do. Thank you for everything. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, I hope that bothers bothers people. It should. I watch these things come together and don't do nothing but convict my heart.